Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Luke chapter 14, you'll see there's the first place from which we will draw our text. We are starting a new series here tonight. Some of you have read the book by Pastor Brian Kinsey, Made for More. It is for sale in our bookstore. And we are starting a series from that book here tonight. Uh, I'm so thankful for the reports, the text, the feedback that we got starting the Tabernacle series on Sunday morning. It was a very uh, exciting start, preaching about the gates. And we're going to really dig in and dive through the Tabernacle. Now listen. The beautiful thing about church is every service is the fact you get to take a doggy bag home with you. Okay? You can't expect, it's too much to eat it all here. Come on, you know when you go to a good place and there's a little bit of steak left? You ain't leaving that steak laying there. Come on, Brother Matthews, that's going home. And if you get some of those good cheesy taters, you know, them's going home with you. I ain't throwing them away. Or you're going to eat till you're sick. Right? Take a doggy bag home with you. A lot of what we're going to be doing and teaching, you're going to have to go home and, and study and research, spend a little bit of time on, on that in your own time as well. But I believe the Lord wants to help us here with this. Uh, we've launched into 2021. While there has been some loss, there has been some gain. I've been told of two miracles already this week that have taken place. And uh, I think there's more. Those are just two that have been brought directly to me. They're bringing these papers around, bringing you some handouts to be able to follow along. I will tell you personally, I have talked to Brother Kinsey. Um, I have intellectual properties permission to share everything we're sharing. Somebody said, how can you share this if it's in the book? Shouldn't we be buying the book? Uh, don't worry, I've got, I've got permissions. I try to be very guarded with that. I've done enough education to know that we need to be guarded with that. Somebody said, well, you need, a, you need a fresh word every time that you speak. I do believe in a fresh word, but I also don't think there's much new under the sun. <laughs> and I, I think that we need to come in here prepared to do well, uh, to do our very best. And I, I, I like setting course. I like your feedback on the series because it's really what I like as well, is to do series and to take a journey in our learning the building blocks of learning. So tonight's session is going to be on provisions for the journey and the discovery of your purpose. We're really talking about seven strategies for reaching your full potential. Nobody wants to get to the end of the road and say, I almost got there. <laughs> I almost accomplished what God called me to accomplish. No one wants to do that, and I don't want that for you. Luke chapter 14, verse 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Everyone in here knows somebody, and it might be you, 
that likes to shoot from the hip. Right? What are we going to do? Ah! <laughs> Let's just do this, 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 this. Well, any of you that work for someone who shoots from the hip, let me find some of my construction workers in here, that you're the person doing the job, but you see when they have not effectively or efficiently counted the cost ahead of time, then they often want to get that back out of your labor. There's some nervous laughter. Okay? Any of you that manage in any way, you know you have to sufficiently count the cost ahead of time and figure out if I want to get from A to B, what do I have to do to be appropriately prepared? And that's what we're going to kind of talk about. Take a look at this little story there on your paper with me. Read along here. On June 15th, 1910, the sailing ship Terra Nova set out from Cardiff, Wales, carrying 65 men, 34 dogs, 19 Siberian ponies, and three motorized sleds. The goal of the men of the British Antarctic Expedition were led by Robert Falcon Scott. Their goal was to be the first explorers to reach the South Pole. Scott and four others finally arrived at the Pole on January 17th, 1912, only to find a Norwegian flag planted there by rival explorer Ronald Amundsen from only 31 days before. That had to be defeating. Today, Scott and the Nova Expedition are known neither for reaching the South Pole nor for discovering evidence of forestation on Antarctica. They are known for tragic failure. Ultimately, the return journey was riddled with a series of poor decisions and misfortunes. Scott's final entry read this, We shall stick it out to the end, but we are getting weaker, of course, and the end cannot be far. Eight months later, a search party discovered his frozen body along with those of the remaining crew members just 11 miles from their next supply depot. All had perished from a combination of exhaustion, starvation, and hypothermia. There was a previous mission that had, in fact, that Norwegian mission had made it there. Their purpose was singular. Scott's purpose was not. There were three reasons for their mission. And because their mission was divided, their supplies were not accurate. The supreme lesson from this heartbreaking story is clear. To accomplish your goal, you must have a clear objective and you must be adequately prepared for the journey. Okay, let me stop at the very beginning and say it's got to be God doing the work, but it's got to be us doing the work too. Amen. It's not just on God. Right. We have got to do our portion as well. There are five basic things that you're going to need each day to reach your full potential. I'd like us to talk through these tonight. I think that they're important for each and every one of us. First, let me ask this question. How many believe that God truly has potential to fulfill in your life? Most of us agree with that. 
Okay, let me ask a question that's even easier because it takes the onus off of you. How many of you believe that God has potential to fulfill in your children? Lord Jesus, keep your Jesus' name. Thank God for that. For Him to take care of our children. But we don't want our children just to be safe. We want our children to be fulfilled. Amen? Everybody say amen to that. We want it to be fulfilled. So let's talk about the five things that you're going to need each day to reach your full potential. Number one, purpose. Everyone has a God-given purpose which must be sought through prayer. I know we come back to this a lot, but ladies and gentlemen, we're Christians and we believe in prayer. You cannot fully understand your purpose without time spent with God. Somebody, let, let, let's do this. This side over from my left over, I want you to open up to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. To my right, you guys over here, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Let's do that. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to need a reader here tonight over here. Brother Jordan, do you have that? Ephesians chapter 4 by chance, verses 7 and 8. Don't have his glasses. Got it? Brother East, you got it? Okay. What's the text tell us there in verse 7 and 8? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. How many believe that he did give gifts unto men? We preach he led captivity captive, but he gave gifts unto men. Yes, he did. He put us in that place. Brother Ben, do you have Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12? Do you have that? Let's have you stand and read that. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Watch this here. For the word of the ministry, work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We are, we are meant to be a body that is edified, strengthened. Amen? There is a purpose to the body of Christ. There is a purpose to every part of your natural body. There is a purpose to every part of the spiritual body of Christ. We work together in harmony. I was preaching yesterday morning about uh, a patchwork quilt. That was one of the illustrations I was using. My grandmother was this uh, award-winning patchwork quilt maker in southern Illinois. How many of, how many of you in here, you, you cover up with a, with a quilt at home? You're southern enough to know what I'm talking about. You got a quilt, yeah. So, well, good. That's, that's something that you cover. We have those at our house. She would pull those different pieces of material and, and knit them together and pull 
them up. You know, there's something about the way that the church, even though we're very different and insignificant on our own, the way that we come together and the way that we work together. We're very insignificant, Brother Chris, by ourselves, but, but fit together with the hands of a master. Mm-hmm. It really matters. You have a purpose, but listen, your purpose cannot be identified outside of him, but it cannot be fulfilled outside of the body. I'll say that again. It needs to be caught. It cannot be identified outside of Christ, but it cannot be fulfilled outside of the body. He gives you the ability to fulfill it. Now, you say, wait a minute, you mean i got to serve somewhere in the church? No, I mean you have to serve somewhere as the church. Does that make sense? Make sure. I don't want to lose anybody on this. I want to keep us up to speed because this matters. You have purpose, and your purpose is going to be different. We're not all going to have the same niche style of ministry. We're not all going to do the same things. Can everybody get up and teach on Wednesday night? Okay? Everybody can't lead worship on Wednesday. And at the same time, not everybody's going to be proficient at cooking. Not everyone's going to be proficient at cleaning. Not everyone's going to be proficient. Go down the list. Brother Barkus, it's just the way it works. But when we know our purpose, and then we exercise our purpose appropriately as the result of prayer and time in the Word, and then we exercise it appropriately as a member of the body, it brings continuity, it brings unity, it brings strength. Amen? Second thing, hope. We have to get hope and we have to give hope. The fearful have no hope. Turn in your Bibles to Revelations 21. Revelations chapter 21 and verse 8. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It was appointed unto man once to die. You were never appointed to have that second death. Members of the church were never appointed to have that second death. But we often take this class of people and we separate it from those who are fearful. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power and love and a sound mind, and we've got to have a hope. This is not a life coach session, and, and Pastor Kinsey in this book is not trying to get us some, some uh, blab it and grab it uh, mentality of agape where it's just everything is easy. He is saying there is a part of you that has to have a hope for what God desires to accomplish in your life. You've got to, if you're having a bad week, you've got to hope, you've got to have faith that it's going to be better. Right? You've got to allow it to be drawn on the canvas of your mind. You, Brother Cobb, we, we look forward sometimes when we're having a bad day or we're having a bad week. You ever been having a bad day and something as simple of remembering that you're having a particular meal that night? I've been there. I've been there where I'm having a bad day and all of a sudden I remember it's taco night. Hey, this day ain't so bad after all. You've got to have hope. Listen, if you're in a negative place of life, most of us find hope. Most of us find hope or can find hope by looking back to a previous testimony. 
If we will not focus on the current condition, but look back and remember, I refuse to be fearful because there is a clear end result for the fearful. I know we don't ever place them with these other people, but whoops, the Bible did. We're not meant to be fearful. And there, there has never, in my estimation and study of history, there has never, at least in North America, aside from possibly the Great Depression, there has never been a greater lack of hope. But we don't hope in the things of this world. And we don't hope in the economy of men. And we don't, we don't hope in politics. We don't. We hope in Him. We hope in His Word. That's where we place our hope. Now, number three, encouragement. The encouragement of self. Even David got discouraged. David was the embodied, the, uh, the picture of praise, if you will. But what does the Bible say? 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. Talks about him encouraging himself, I believe. And David was greatly distressed. No, David, why? Well, I'll tell you why the people spoke of stoning him. That'd give you a bad day too. You'd be tore up. Because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But watch, what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. There's a key word here. We don't ever quote it with this. His God. That word, the ownership of the relationship, was how he encouraged himself. I have been guilty myself, Brother Faulkner, of preaching and saying, you got to encourage yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And stop there. In the Lord, His God, which shows the proven understanding. I have proved Him for myself. He's consistent when I am not. He's consistent when life is not. So let me encourage myself. But how do I encourage myself? I'm not going to encourage myself by what drink I fix. I'm not going to encourage myself simply by what meal I eat. I'm going to encourage myself in the fact that He is my God. And when he's personal like that, you can encourage yourself. You can, you can become encouraged, even when you're distressed. And I doubt anyone in this room has been in a place this week where you were standing there and people were standing around holding stones. But now you might have been in, an, in a situation already this week where people were standing there and they were holding looks. Or they were holding words. Or they were holding division. Walked in the office tonight and I told the people in the office, I told the ministers in the office, there's a spirit of distraction that was sent here tonight. Did I? Yes, I did. In the office. Hear me right now. I'm encouraged in the Lord. 
that he knows where we are, that he knows what we're dealing with, that he knows what we're going through. And God wants some of you to be distracted tonight. But I'm telling you, encourage yourself in the Lord. He knows what the sickness is. He knows what the situation is. He knows what the divisive nature is. He knows what the distraction is. And if you encourage yourself, then even the gates of hell can't prevail against you. Amen? Number four. I like this one. It's real basic, but it's real Bible. <laughs> A positive attitude. Amen. Smile. Smile. That's right. Think positive. Somebody, somebody over here, somebody over here go to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Just wave at me when you got it over here. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Everybody's got their head down. Come on now. Proverbs 23, 7. Anybody got it? I don't want to get feedback. Here we go, Sister Hunter. I saw your hand. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now think of, think of this for a second. For as he thinketh in his heart. I can tell you all day long that you're great. I've dealt with this with counseling for years. To try to convince a young lady... The love of God. The beauty of God that's upon them. But if they don't believe that. It's hard for me to tell you. It's, it would be so sad for some of you to have experienced some of the things where I sat in the room with a young lady who was convinced by some goofball early in life that they were nothing. And they were worthless. And they were ugly. And then to try to convince them you're beautiful in the eyes of God. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. How many know that God wants to get it in our heart and baptize our thinking to where we can have a positive attitude? Because if you cannot get it on the inside, it doesn't matter how positive things are on the outside. Some people can find the dark lining in every silver cloud. <laughs> we all know people like that. Why? It's typically not a you problem. It's typically a them problem. It's something that they are dealing with. Does that mean that they're bad? No, it doesn't mean they're bad. It means that they probably need a good touch of the Holy Ghost. But now listen, I'm just going, I'm going to help somebody right now. You can have the Holy Ghost and still need to work through some stuff. Somebody, I heard somebody say, well, if they got the Holy Ghost, like I got the Holy Ghost. And I feel like telling them, well, if you'd have been beat your whole childhood, like they got beat their whole childhood, you probably wouldn't be so pompous. You probably wouldn't be so arrogant about it right now. Listen, we've all got baggage. 
We've all got stuff. For some of us, psychological. For some of us, it's emotional. For some of us, physical. For some of us, it's financial. We've all got baggage. But if we can learn to encourage ourselves and get a positive attitude about who we are and what we are and eliminate, look at that next part, eliminate the negative speech. Okay? For some of us, the greatest gift that we could give ourselves and other people is give ourselves some duct tape. Right? Just don't talk about it. Not physically. Don't go anybody. Don't anybody go home and give your wife to say, hey, Pastor was talking to you tonight. Don't do that. Be doing marriage counseling. Don't do that. But how many know? How many know sometimes it is hard to not let it out? Focus on the negative. Focus on the things that are wrong. Focus on the things that need fixing. Focus on the thing. I know that. I can do that too. But let's try to focus on the positive things. Focus on with a positive attitude. How many believe a positive attitude would help us? There's enough, there is enough tests, enough studies to prove that if you will let your attitude get positive, it will affect everything else. It will. It'll affect, it'll affect your health overall. And I'm not talking about something from outside of the text. I'm talking about from within the text. To get into the text and to evaluate your heart and, and go in, in your time here, Philippians chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 11, uh, Philippians chapter 3, work to get past the past. Remember the testimonies, but stop reliving the trials. Stop reliving what they said. Stop reliving what they told you. Stop reliving. And for some, that's more of a challenge than others. But we've got to have a positive attitude. That's the fourth thing. And the fifth thing is determination. 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 Grab for me that, that scripture there, Brother Satan. Philippians, um, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Here, let me bring this. I'm sorry. I, I, I want everybody to... Thank you. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which, with worketh, which worketh in you both, so, you, so will and to do his good pleasure. Uh-huh. His good pleasure. How many people have abused verse 12? Go back to verse 12 for a second. I'm going to work out my own salvation. That has been so misquoted. That has been so stretched out of context. It's like a shirt that all the elastic's gone in the collar. Okay? Nothing left. No elasticity left. It's like that pair of sweatpants you still try to wear, but they got nothing left. Throw them away. I know they're comfortable. I know they feel like you can eat whatever you want in them. Okay? That does not mean do it however you want. Because a lot of people like to work out your own salvation. They just have a tendency to not quote it with the fear and trembling. <laughs> Amen? Verse 13. Go to verse 13, if you will, on there. For it is God which worketh in you both to will, to will, and to do. We talk a lot about the will of God. We don't talk enough about the to do of God. 
We talk about the will of God like it's this mystical, magical thing that can never actually be lived in. It can be lived in, but the will of God comes with the work of God. <laughs> I want a new car. Comes with new payments. <laughs> right? I want to go to Ruth's Chris. Comes with, comes with a little bigger receipt. I'm thinking, no one ever says, I'm thinking Shoney's or, or Ruth's Chris. I'm thinking, no one's ever doing that. Nobody's, no, that. To will and to do what? That's it. His good pleasure. He is the master blueprint. Draw. He, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. Not me, not mine, not, not us, not ours. His. Woo. Isn't that something? Huh. Uh, it's his good pleasure. And so I got to have a determination that even though my will wants to go this way, his will wants to go this way. My, my will wants to do this, but his, everybody say his. His will wants to, my will, but his. Every day you're in a fight for my versus his. Every single day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I'm, I, I, listen, I'm not trying to be fanatical. I'm trying to be biblical. I'm trying to allow us to remember. You will wake up tomorrow and have a chance to choose his, my. That's why determination matters. We are living in a world that is using this same world in an unbiblical way. And they're tying it together. They're taking the word determination and they're tying it together with the word ambition. Hear me now. Ambition is not a good word in the kingdom. Ambition is tied around you and your will and your desire. That's not, that's not what we're after. Okay? We're after His will and the determination to fulfill his will amen here we go discover your purpose everybody say purpose see then that ye walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil ephesians 5 15 and 16. all growth is intentional when it comes to spiritual growth, all growth is intentional. Growth that you do not want is always destructive. Please hear me right now, because cancer is a growth, but you don't want it. Uh-huh. Growth that is spiritual is intentional. In order to do this, you will need both purpose and purposefulness. Growth does not happen by chance or luck when it comes to spiritual growth. You must intentionally pursue healthy growth. 
Okay? Let me shoot down through the rest of this here. I'm sorry, I'm really enjoying this tonight. Number one, the fallacy of time. Age alone <laughs> does not make a person spiritually mature. It doesn't. It doesn't. Some of you know some really carnal elders. Don't look around and make it awkward. Just, I'm not talking about anybody here. But just because you get through another year on the calendar does not make you godly. Doesn't make you spiritual. But if you spend that year increasing your time in prayer, there's this balance. There's this balance. It's like a tightrope, okay? Between spiritual and practical. And we love deep moves of the Spirit. But I'm going to tell you this. You won't get to a deep move of the Spirit in the realm of prayer if you don't start with the practical step of setting aside time for prayer. Right? And so as the, as the calendar unfolds alone, we know that it'll be just, you know, James said it's like a vapor, didn't he? He said, it's gone. It's gone that quickly. And as we are, Brother Clark said it so right, as we are laying some of these precious elders to rest, it is the reminder for us that at times the days feel long, but the years feel quick. As long as 2020 felt in real time, how many got to January 2021 and said, Ooh. I know some of us danced our way into it. But the truth is, most of us would say, it felt really long when I was living through it. But now it's amazing that they were only three, but they're four. They were only 15, but now they're 16. Time goes so quickly, and there is the fallacy of time, thinking that time brings maturity. All that time does is gives us opportunity. It gives us opportunity to maximize on our purpose. Number two, the power of vision. All change is driven by one of two forces, pain or passion. How about in Genesis 37, Joseph was sold. Uh, he was sold. That would be the pain element, but he clung to his dream. That was the passion element. God has plans to prosper you according to Jeremiah chapter 29, but you've got to cling to the vision of what God told you. There are elders in this room right now. You have not... Please hear me clearly. This is not an indictment against you. This is an encouragement for you. You have not fulfilled the call of God completely. And it will not be done without you being intentional about it. I have talked with great people this week that have talked to me specifically about their burden for prayer and a depth in prayer and a relational depth with God. That will not automatically happen. And so it's encouraging that we're talking about it and that we get a vision of where we're supposed to get in God. Some of you might remember a few weeks ago, a handful of weeks ago, whatever it was, I was talking about an illustration of when she was swimming and the fog settled in. Remember that? The next time when she made it there, the fog had settled in, but she said, I had a vision in my mind of the shoreline. 
I got a picture of where I was headed. Here's what I would like to do on the practical side. I would like to ask you, when is the last time you allowed yourself to dream about the best version of yourself? Dreaming about the best version of who you can be, should be, would be. Now listen, I am not talking, pastor is not talking about the, the rich version of you. I am not talking about that. I am talking about the best God intended version of you. That version of you that doesn't have to try to break through in prayer because you're, you're on the verge of talking in tongues. Uh-huh. Man, I felt that right there. You're always on the verge of powerful prayer. There is no breaking through to feel the presence of God because you're walking in the presence of God. You don't have to try to repent about being mad at people because you gave up on that. I'm talking about the best God version of you. And if you have not pictured that version of you in a while, I challenge you and I implore you by the word of God to consider this right here, that God has plans for you to prosper. But that does not mean, Brother Brown, I, that is not we take that as financial or the blessings of life. He wants you, if you are His, to prosper in Him. It is the same book that speaks to the, to the craftsmanship of the potter. And I don't have time, but I, maybe I will take time. You, you never, you never grow past the need to get on his wheel. Will, W-I-L-L, -L, is typically accomplished by getting on his W-H-E-E-L. If his hands aren't on you, his will won't be in you. trying to teach but I'm feeling real preaching but I gotta have his I gotta have his hands on me brother Matthews I gotta have him even when it hurts because because to form always takes pressure 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 Wait, help, just help me for a second Pressure of the potter means this. His will's over here. My will's over here. And so when I want to go this, his pressure, the W-H-E-E-L, the wheel says, no, 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 I got to turn you and I got to face you in the direction of my will. You find out whether or not you're submitted when someone asks you or treats you in such a way. You'll find out whether you're submitted to God, not in a powerful service. You'll find out if you're submitted to God when your will is truly trying to get over here. And pastor comes up and says, I got a word from God for you this week. And it challenges the fact that you're going here. Or you're in the middle of prayer and you think, God, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for that, I'm praying for this. And, and all of a sudden God says, that's your will. I'm trying to get you in my will. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. I got to get on his will. I got to get on his, I do, I have to get on his will. And sometimes being on his will will make you dizzy. I don't understand this. God, I don't, oh, hey, that hurts. Wait a minute. Hold on. But at the end of it all, you can't, you can't truly be what he wants you to be unless you allow him to get his hands on you. 
Joseph would never be the leader God intended him to be. Minus that pit. Minus that prison. Minus that slave sentence. Never would have been. But what did he do? He clung to the vision. He had a vision when he was in the house. He had a vision when he was telling his brother, Hey guys, I had a dream. He had a vision when even his dad walked out and said, What, so even I'm going to bow down to you? It's easy to have a vision when you're in the comfort of your father's house. It is not easy to have a vision when you're in the bottom of a dungeon. It is not easy to have a vision when Potiphar's wife is ripping your clothes off and then saying, you tried to rape her. It is not easy to have a vision for the will of God in your life when people are making false accusations against you. But I've got a word from God for you on this Wednesday night. You were made for more than the opinions of men. God has a will to accomplish in your life. Somebody shout amen. 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 Praise God. I'm almost done. You see the notes, you know. The brutal facts. You must confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. Whatever they might be. Pretending they don't exist does not make them go away. You can pray through them and you can talk through them. Come on, what's James tell us? Confess. Deal with it. Repent. Confess your faults one to it. Get, 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 get it out. Get an accountability partner. Amen. Genesis chapter 49, objects or walls. He said that Jacob was talking there. He said that the, that the offspring would be like those shoots that grow up over the walls. There would be a wall. You ever seen the picture it right now? That, that vine that grows up over the wall? That's what was being described here. He said, yes, there's an obstacle, but there is such tenacity in their purpose that they will grow beyond the boundaries of the walls. The internal engine. 1860, Lenoy engineered the first internal combustion engine. By 1865, Carl Benz created the horseless carriages. By 1908, there were 18,000 Model Ts a year being produced. Today in the U.S., there's more cars than people. Isn't that something? All started when it went from external to internal combustion. Let me tell you something. Let me... Let me, let me uh, let me spiritualize this just briefly here. If all of your revving up has to come from an outside source, if you try to live your life without the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you, you will consistently fall woefully short of what God desires to do in your life. Let's look at this real quick. Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. Go, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. You know what? Here's, here's the modern day of this. Brother Robeson, it's him saying, it's him saying, don't make, don't, don't make me come to you every service and say, please live for God. Please live for God. Come on, man. Please live for God. Please, you can do. Please live for God. But how many know we all know people like that? We all know people like that. They put the right foot in. They take the right foot out. 
I do the holy pokey. It's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be a tenacity in the inside. Stand with me. Practical steps for growth. Waiting on the Word. Psalm 105. Mm -mm -mm. Thank God for His Word. Thank God for His Word. Psalm 105. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that His Word came. The Word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. Please catch that. Until the time that... Until the time that... Go back to verse 18. Verse 18. Whose feet were hurt with fetters, he was laid, not, or laid in iron. Verse 19. Until the time that his... Word came. Remember we've been talking about His versus mine? When you can get His will and your will to finally sink. Amen? That, that is a powerful place. And that's when He found delivery. Conduct a self-inventory. Ooh, this is terrible. This is, this is tough. To actually do an inventory of yourself. What's the state of my personal finances? What are the top areas I need to grow spiritually and emotionally? How consistently do I practice spiritual disciplines? Am I helping others grow to their full potential in God? You need to conduct a self-inventory. If you can't ask yourself these questions, how can you ask God to help you? Amen? And number three, assemble resources. Bible time, prayer time, accountability partner, spiritually enriching books. ESPN's a great magazine, but it ain't going to fill you like some spiritually enriching word. Maybe go to the bookstore and, and, and buy made for more. That might help you out. Get some encouraging text. Be careful. You can only read so many romance novels and think that ain't going to affect you. Because life's not a fairy tale. Okay? Once upon a time... No. And they lived happily. At <laughs> Life's real. And there's one decision that matters. I've got to fulfill his purpose and the potential that he has for my life. Amen? Lift your hands with me if you will. Lord, we love you. We give you thanks and praise. We honor you. We ask, oh God, that you would bless and help bring strength as we do our very best. As we do our very best. Oh God, to honor and to serve you.